Welcome to a new edition of the Famous Interviews with Joe Domino. On this episode, we talk with professional artist and instructor to creatives worldwide, Gabriel Mark Lipper. These days, he is the founder of 8 Paint Infinite Arts with over 30 years of painting experience. He has built a life doing what he loves. He was classically trained at the Blime School of Art in Jacksonville, Oregon. While there, his area of study was in drawing and painting with a strong emphasis on the Russian academic system. With the foundation of classical training, he has come to combine the traditional academic approach with his own contemporary style and love of painting. Through his online courses and workshops, he assists creatives worldwide discovering their own artistic journey and find their unique voice through art. Enjoy this interview. All right. All right. Perfect, nice man. To meet you, hey, Joe. Nice to meet you. Where are you coming out of? Uh, Ashland, Oregon. Okay. So cool, that's man. about 30 miles north of the California border. Okay, right on. I hear it's yeah. beautiful up there. It's beautiful, yeah. I've yeah. been here most of my life. I okay. Can't help. I I can't escape. Yeah. No. You you're you're locked in. I'm here in Kansas City, Missouri. So um, nice. Nice. But yeah. I I that I did that painting behind me. I've done visual arts for quite a while. Oh, cool. So cool. I'm looking forward to delving into your world of art. So I want to begin with living through a pandemic. How did you get through the last three and a half years or so, and how has it changed you? I mean, um, for for me, uh, the the pandemic was. A sink or swim moment for sure. I was teaching a an art class um, out of my studio, and I had galleries and everything. Basically, as you know, I mean, for many of us, that just kind of closed. You know, I, I couldn't teach, I couldn't show my work um, except online, and of course, that's what I ended up doing. And it um, it was actually really transformational for me. I took my teaching program online. Um, I'd been teaching for over, I mean, 25 years, 20 years, 20 years teaching mostly, you know, um, and all of a sudden I, I had 150 students instead of 10, you know, it was a really different experience. And it turned out that all of this time I had invested in communicating with people and, you know, going through this process of art making, um, I mean, the tools were there. And so it's, it was amazing. I wasn't yeah. going to be able to feed my family. You know, I was concerned that there was some, some, I was going to have to go get a job or something horrible. So yeah, yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yes. So I know there's, there's all of these things that go into you being an artist and teaching, but if we had to boil this down for third graders at career day to understand, and one of them asked you right now in this modern day of 2023, if they asked you, what do you do for a living? How would you answer them? Um, I think what it really comes down to is that I, my job is to look at the world with new eyes. So I think a third grader is in a perfect position to do the work that I do. And that's like to look at it as if you've never seen it before and um, appreciate it without bias um, and come at it um, and then tell your story, put your, you know, what are you getting from what you see? How do, how do you, and then responding to it. So it's like this seeing hopefully without, and we all have a, a lens that we look through, but, but trying to remove some of those veils and uh, preconceived notions of um, how the world works, who we are in it. And then um, once you, once you get an idea of where, you know, what that is responding to it, the art is my way of responding to the world around me. So when you were at that age, 10 or 11 years old, was your dream to be an artist? What was your dream then? Um, at 10 or 11, 
Uh, well, that would be like fifth grade. I know I got eleven year old. So oh, okay, all right. So yeah, maybe eight <laughs> or nine, somewhere yeah. in that ballpark. Yeah, yeah. I mean, eight or nine, I think it was. I was drawing. I drew all the time, and and I I did. I drew all the time as a child. I I was always drawing. Um, and then I think I remember in maybe it was middle school. So that would have been sixth, seventh grade. There was this kind of shift in, um, what what was maybe possible i i you know i i started getting the messaging from my midwest grandparents they came from uh, manhattan kansas and um not indirectly um my parents were really supportive of the idea of the art journey but it seemed um maybe like that was something that an eighth or, a, or an eight eight-year-old would aspire to and so there was a part of me it was also the 80s yeah. So there was a there was a part of me that uh, wanted to be a stockbroker all of a sudden, you know, yep. <laughs> something something real, yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I've I've since discovered that the things that the stockbrokers do is a lot less grounded in reality, may, maybe than uh, what I do. Yeah, <laughs> so, I agree. Yeah, so um, so there was a little time when I thought I might need to get a real job, and I I hedged my bets. Um, I thought maybe I'd be an architect, you know, something with a little bit more. Um, uh, I, it, not necessarily cachet, but, but respectability. And then, um, that just kind of started to, it just never, never manifested in high school. I, I went deeper into art. I started painting in, uh, yeah, in, in the latter part of high school. And I think that just ruined it for me. Then I just was in. That was so it. I, yeah. So, I mean, honestly, I've never been too divergent. I've, um, by the time I was 25, I was painting full time. And I never looked back. And, and before that, I never held a job for more than a year. So. so what was the first painting you did where you were like, wow, this, I can sell this. This is, this is, I, I feel good about this. This is my life. I mean, there were little, there was inklings of that early on. Um, I, the first painting I did in high school was with tempera paints. You know, that's what they had. And it came out pretty well. It was a, it was a Southern swampscape with a reflect with reflections of the trees growing out of the water. And I thought, you know what? That's surprising. Color is not bad. I've been doing, you know, colored pencils and pens. And then all of a sudden there was pain involved. And it, it, I think just right out of the gate, I thought, um, I don't know if I even was considering selling it. I did get a car drove into the coffee shop across from our high school. And I was commissioned to, um, you know, paint, coffee cups on the boarded up windows. And I think that felt pretty public. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, you know, it was early. Yeah, for sure. So let me ask you this. What's been your favorite art gallery or favorite collection that you've seen firsthand? Um, well, I mean, when, when you talk about firsthand collections, there's, that's broad, but I, I love uh, Chicago. The, the art is it the art Institute of Chicago. It's yeah. Probably one of the best museums in the world. I just got back from the Dorsey in, uh, in Paris and that's maybe better yeah but uh <laughs> but you know Chicago has some of my favorite uh artists in it and um so I mean as far as I guess that's maybe a little too broad those are museums but um I, no I'm that's really what I'm looking for okay yeah. okay yeah I like I really like the um the post-impressionists yeah. which are you know the the rowdy kind of bunch the impressionists you know, everything has a historical context, but um, 
you know, impressionists were really breaking all of the rules. They were taking it out of the studio and, and the technology of paint made it possible to paint outside. And that's exciting. But then the artists started making it personal. Yeah. And I guess that's what I relate to is this idea that you're telling your own story or through, I mean, seeing the world honestly, but also putting your, you know, your personal spin on it. So who's been a hero for you in your life? Um, I, you know, I think I, um, I think I'm a fan of the underdog. Um, I've been, I've listened to a couple of your podcasts and you mentioned, you know, the obvious, like Michael Jordan uh, is, is he's not an underdog, right? He was just right. an alpha, but he started that way. He yeah. started as the younger brother. Um, that's not, I, that's not my heroes. My, my heroes are, are artists. I love uh, Toulouse Lautrec. Um, I love uh, Amy Winehouse. I love people who um, are honest and maybe suffer with that yeah. a little bit. Um, people who, I don't know if they, you know, maybe people are um, more accepting, but they can't see it, that person. And so they go through life maybe with um, this kind of desire to to share their story. But, you know, maybe there's there's this tendency to feel like they aren't listened to. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not sure what, what's going on with those those types, but I think it's beautiful. Yeah, for sure. So if you can meet any, let, let's say this. If you could witness any artist in their natural element or even talk to them, who would you love to have been around? I mean, honestly, um, things change as you go through life. Uh, I'm, I have an 11 year old daughter, you know, I'm, I'm settled in. I'd probably rather meet Norman Rockwell now <laughs> just cause he was a hardworking guy and I really respect all of that, all that drive. But, um, but I would love love to meet uh toulouse Lautrec or Degas or some of these these people in in Paris at that time. Um there's so much passion and um energy around what they were doing. And um it's profound to see people living their living their truth, I guess. Yeah. I would be really interested to see their interpretation of our modern um, idolatry of all of this and how we've exploded and made it this thing. Because there was none of that at all, you right. know? You know, honestly, to be fair, I, I don't know if I could hang out with him, um, but I'd be interested. I mean, there's, there's, those are, those are my heroes because they're, they're human, but then there's people who are like almost beyond human, like Van Gogh. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah. and I go, well, I don't even know if I'd want to meet him. I just think, whoa, yeah. <laughs> what's that guy about? You know, yeah. he's incredible. Yeah. Um, but you're right. Like I, the reason I went to Van Gogh is because what would happen? I mean, I, he couldn't even handle it. I'm sure he couldn't handle it. But but, you know, they have a traveling digital exhibit of this guy's work, you know, going through the country and like and he never sold a painting. Uh, he was, was in asylums. He right. His brother committed him. Yeah, there's so many things that went into it's improbable. The whole thing's yeah. improbable. Yeah. yeah. It's, but it's also a really great story. Um, and this is going to sound really cynical, but it's a really great story to hype the market. Yeah. You know, the more you um, reinforce uh, a specific narrative about some dead artist, the <laughs> the richer it gets, you know, yeah. and um, 
you know, one of the things that I discovered late in life about Van Gogh was that his uncle was one of the biggest gallerists in the world at the time. Wow. So you go, oh, wait a second. There's this chain of command. There's this huh? connection to a marketplace that none of us as young people, when we hear about Van Gogh, we don't get that story. We get the, you know, do what you want to do, dream big, and, you know, it'll all end in... And, you know, it'll be profound and it is profound, but it's also, there's this, there's, there's more to it than that, isn't there? Yeah. And I think it's interesting in this modern era that Banksy has stayed under the radar and he's just as prolific and as elusive as he's ever been. And he may be his entire life. And we will never know if he's alive or not, because right. it's all going to be shrouded in mystery. Well, and, and even there, that's a perfect example of who would keep this person this person's identity secret if he was real you know like what what's the motivation there because it seems like it would be so easy to catch him doing these things yeah uh but i'm sure there have been some hiccups and yeah. and there's they've thrown some money at it because there's plenty of money in the machine that is banksy now yeah. to make sure that that legend stays a legend it's better if it's a legend yeah it is it yeah. absolutely is. I mean, I think so. I, I'm I, more interested that way. I, me too. I, I, yeah. there's things where it's like, yeah, let's go ahead and it'd be nice to see what this is, the man behind the mirror. But with Banksy, I want it to stay right behind the right. curtain for sure. Right. right. Um, so let me ask you this what is your motivation? Every day you wake up, you have this, you know, metaphorically speaking, a, an open canvas to do whatever you want to do. What's your motivation? What gets you out of bed? What makes you create and instruct and do what you do? Um, I think as an artist, um, it's almost the art itself is what gets me out of bed. I, I am so driven by all of these ideas that bounce around in my head. And I want to not only tell a story, cause that's a big part of what the, the way I paint, um, is not, um, completely non-representational. I usually bring, figures or or some kind of a subject into it. So I'm trying to communicate my perspective on life and also um, sort it out. It's is art. My art's as much a, a response to the world as it is like me putting it out there. I, I it's a kind of a way of, of me processing what's going on in, in life. It, yeah. it, it, I learn as much from my art as um, I mean, more I learn from my art. That's what I, that's what it's about. And, and I think the process of teaching is because when I realized for myself what a gift that's been and how it's transformed the way that I that I walk, you know, on this earth, I, I don't want to keep that to myself. And I have some pretty solid foundational tools and also a lot of creative lefts and rights that I've taken over, you know, 25 years, 30 years, really. But it's so it's it's worth sharing. Yeah, absolutely it is. So is there one piece of work that you've made that you will never part with that's emotional or that you love that you're going to always hold on to? Uh, yeah, there is. There's a there's a portrait. Um, I mean, I have a few. I have a portrait of my wife. I have a portrait of my daughter. You know, I've, I've uh, those pieces stay in the house. But also I have a portrait of um, one of my good friends. Um, his name's Aaron, and I did that early on, um, probably 20 years ago. It came together over about three beers and an hour and a half, or an hour 20, in in my 
studio, which was in my home at the time. And we were just sitting across from each other and it's an oil painting. Um, you know, it was a moment of so much, you know, there's a, there's something about your twenties and, you know, even early thirties, but mostly your twenties that's so visceral and unchecked <laughs> and it's, you don't duplicate that energy. It's yeah. even, even in painting different times in your life, bring about different, um, elements and energies. And, and so there's something about the immediacy of it. I nailed it. It was, it's a really good portrait. I'm proud of it, but it's also so just, you know, it, it's, it's kind of a crazy painting. I've, I've still can't believe that I painted it. Yeah. So what's been the best, most memorable fan letter or response that you've gotten? Well, that's changed a lot for me. Um, over over the course of my career. I've definitely, I used to love being a fly on the wall at my shows because, you know, people don't necessarily know the face of the artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I remember being in Nashville and then I was anonymous, but the work was there. I was having a solo show um, and I could just come up behind. I got rid of the name tag and I would just come up and stand kind of near people and listen to their perception of what they were seeing of, of the paintings. And that was like the richest way of really, then you really hear it. Yeah. You know, some, sometimes you'll have a super fan or someone who's really bubbly and that's wonderful or, or someone who's really derisive and that's, that's great too. But to hear it kind of secondhand, oh. that's, that's honest. Yeah. Um, and I, I really enjoy that. Um, and then, and then as far as people, you know, writing me, um, I'm always touched by the, the student that writes in a, a, like a young person, you know, maybe they're 15 and they say, I've been studying your work. I'm going to, I mean, I've had a few people make um, college dissert or uh, their, their senior projects around my work. And I'm like, how did you, how do you find me first of all? And then to, to build something around that, it's really, really moves me. And it's, it, it keeps, it's inspiring. A lot of my students um, write in about their transformations or how working with me for a year or something is, shifted the way that they're doing everything in their work and um teaching used to be kind of a secondary part it was like well i gotta you know make a little extra side money or something and it's become this huge part of my life because i i realized that it's such a way of you can give so much more when you start um not only just influencing what people see but but how they how they walk in the world a lot of people want to be artists and yeah. i think they should be yeah for sure so speaking of that youth what's been the best advice you've ever gotten it's almost the i think it's the advice i didn't get yeah no one ever told me i couldn't i was really fortunate that way yeah and and so i think by the time i realized that being an artist was you know a professional full-time artist was almost impossible it was too late I was I was already there. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. great. So let me ask you this one more question about youth. If you were to have a dream tonight and you ran into that very young version, senior and high school version of you, and you could give that version of you a piece of advice based on the wisdom you've gained so far in your life, what would you tell that young version of you? I haven't really I haven't really made peace with that question yet. I there's part of me that thinks that, you know, it would have been good to go straight to New York and, or do the, uh, do the Ivy league thing, you know, 
study harder, apply for those grants. Um, but at this point in my life, I'm really thrilled by the path that has kind of unfolded. And I would say, just keep going, trust yourself and uh, lay it down. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So besides your family, professionally speaking, what are you the proudest of that you've done? I think it's, I, I, I hope it's what's coming next. I think yeah. that's, that's, I, I feel like that it's the only answer that an artist can ever really give. If I, I, I'm really proud of a lot of the work that's, that I've put together and, and then time goes by and it, no, it doesn't, it's not who I am anymore. And it's, I, I, my, I really connect my work to myself. Some yeah. people say it, my work's not me, but I, I'm, I feel pretty personal about it. So I'm excited, you know, for this journey. I want to see what I'm about to create. That's always, that's always where my head's at. That's a great, great answer. So everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, all your fans, students, but you run the show. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? I mean, I, I think I'm, I really do identify as an artist. I'm I'm troubled and and disgruntled. Uh, I'm also hardworking, but um, I don't think it's a clear path. I think I, there's a lot of a lot of gray in my in my walk. It's not it's not. Um, I wouldn't say that I have this crystal vision of who I am. I'm always trying to learn and and grow. Yeah, I don't think I have a really defined version of of who that is yet. Okay. So if anyone wants to get your artwork, find out about instruction, shows, anything about your world, where can they go? I mean, I think the best thing to do is check out 8paint, like the number 8paint uh, on Instagram. It's at 8paint or 8paint.net, 8paint.art. Either one of those will get you to my uh, website where I teach. And then if you want to go see my art, um, artofgabriel.com is my art website so eight paint right on art of gabriel yeah cool gabriel thank you so much for your time man thank you for your story best of luck with everything yeah thank you thanks for tuning in to another famous interview with joe domino where we cover the world of art literature business spirituality music and more from around the globe our esteemed theme music was composed and produced by the great ee e. pointer of kansas city's river cow orchestra if you want to hear more interviews visit the famous interviews with joe domino channel on youtube you can also find us on spotify and apple podcasts thanks again for listening and until next time hey.